listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. How do you lead through times of uncertainty? We live in a world that is more full of uncertainty and fear than ever before. It's times like these where each of us will have our character put to the test, both personally and professionally. How we respond is what makes all the difference. Today's guest is Steve Gutzler. Steve works with Fortune 500 companies as an executive coach and keynote speaker. Steve recently released his latest book, Lead With No Fear, which is a 90-day guide to help you lead with courage. In today's conversation, Steve is going to share three inspirational points with us that will help us all gain more clarity and confidence. Get ready to become more equipped to lead through times of uncertainty and to produce more results than you ever have before. Here is my conversation with Steve Gutzler. Steve, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Oh man, Alex, it's great to be with you. I'm really excited to go through your new book, which is extremely timely, by the way, Lead with No Fear. As we live in a world that's coming out of a pandemic, from a global standpoint, many of us have been conditioned with a mindset of fear, and it's actually really affected even the mindset and the way that we, that we lead ourselves and others. Have you found this to be true as well? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the... The concept of this book actually was birthed right as we were being sheltered in place here in Washington. We were the epicenter of the pandemic initially with the first death and the first several deaths and outbreaks. And then our governor issued a stay-at-home order. Uh, We were the second state. And uh, it was really in the middle of that, my co-author, Mike Acker, and I decided to launch this book. As you know, it's it's created around these um, seven shifts that leaders can make, these three-degree shifts that every leader can make to create greater confidence and clarity. But it's a 90-day plan, and we literally <laughs> wrote the book and published the book in the course of these 90 days. So it's been kind oh, of wow. a miracle, miracle of sorts, but very exciting. And uh and extremely timely because I've been dealing with a lot of different anxieties and um, uncertainties and fears and my, my uh, role as a keynote speaker traveling the country and such. Yeah, I'd like to get into that in just a moment here and kind of a disclaimer for the audience real quick. Creating a brand just because we're coming out of a pandemic doesn't mean this still isn't going to apply. Uh, here's the deal. Stuff is going to happen. Uncertain times are going to come and it's going to be different for each and every one of us. It might not be at a global level, but it might be your individual business, your individual life, whatever it might be. This all comes in different shapes and sizes. And so this is applicable at any point. And Steve, I think it's incredible that you actually wrote it in 90 days and it's a 90 day plan. I've never heard of anybody doing that before. Usually it's write it for a year and then develop a 90 day plan out of that. So kudos to you. Nice work on that. Thank you. You know, I think when we when we got thrown into this, 2020 was going to be probably my most significant successful year, mm. and probably for a lot of your listeners, uh, you know, we talked about 2020 vision, right? We were going to line it all up, and and things were all set. And when this hit, of course, the first couple of weeks, I along with probably all your listeners, we were triaging events and schedules and redefining, you know, how we're going to work and. So we lived off that adrenaline for a couple of weeks, and then I think it really cast us into what I call the, the cycles of grief, which is denial, anger. <laughs> I know I got to be very angry about the situation. 
uh, bargaining. I kept thinking, well, maybe I can maneuver around this um, stay-at-home order. Then it was stage four, profound sadness and depression. And a lot of leaders, entrepreneurs, I think that I've talked to have struggled with mental issues. But the fifth stage of grief is acceptance. And that is really the catalyst of this book. I, I began to think, if I'm going to be at home and we're going to write this book, let's do it in 90 days. Let's channel this positive stress. I mean, take that stress and channel it in a positive direction and create this book, Lead With No Fear. So that was the catalyst of it. I actually really appreciate the fact that you shared that you went through all these stages. It's not like you're somebody who just was always above what the world went through, right? Like you're somebody who went through all this as well, because you as a keynote speaker, I can't imagine how many events were canceled or even just postponed. But but nonetheless, if you're used to being on the road, I'm guessing three, four weeks out of every month to to nothing. I mean, that's easy for you to get into a really negative mindset very quick, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and that's why when I get on Zoom trainings now and talk with leaders, I'll say, what is the one word that would describe your emotions right now? And I did that yesterday with six key managers. And these were the six words they gave me, drained, anxious, fatigued, disturbed, stressed, and battle weary. And that's just the current reality. We have, <clears throat> we're going through a roller coaster of emotions. And not only that, with all the unrest in our nation right now, there's a lot coming at us. So hopefully this book can give people a reset. Um, you know, we, we base it on these three degree shifts. I've never been a big believer in quantum leaps or big, bold, you know, goals that you set and you're going to accomplish in 90 days. I think it's all around small strategic shifts that you make over the course of 90 days, and you'll be in a totally different destination. So that was kind of the, the um, premise of this book. These are shifts that I've lived for two decades. I've been working through this. It's not theory. And it's the same shifts I take all my executive coaching clients through. Yeah, I'm excited to jump into these. And I like the fact that you mentioned them as, as small shifts, three degrees. We're not talking about any of the listeners say having to completely change their lives. Although I have found that when you make a small shift, it can lead to that over time. And I, I believe that's the goal, right? We all get better. But I want to transition into the, the first um, of the shifts that you talk about in, in the book, uh, because I think it really relates to what we just talked about. Like you, you and I, myself being a podcaster, uh, the podcasting stats drop by an average of 25% when this happened. And for me, I've been building and building and building since I launched. It was the first time I saw it drop. And I got real quick into like a, a woe is me type of mood. You know, I wasn't sure what to do. And that's just me being really transparent here because my audience knows I'm always that. I was like, how could this happen to me? I've worked so hard on this. And I'm sure that you getting booked in, in your breakout year, if you will, um, for different keynote speeches and things like that, that you're probably you feeling the same way, which leads right into this first one. It goes from, from victim to leader. I'd love for you to explain what this is and how this relates to what the world's gone through and also what we'll go through individually at multiple times throughout our lives. Yeah, it's, it's honestly my favorite shift because I think it's the foundational shift. And the first time I went through victim mentality, we're not talking about true victimization. We're talking about pity parties. We're talking about negative self-talk and right. cynicism that begins to kind of encroach in your mind. And the first time I went through that was the Great Recession where all of my business began to evaporate. And over the course of several months, I got into a victim mindset. I got negative. And 
I needed a second wind. We call it the doldrums. It's an actual nautical term with the intertropical convergence zone cancels out the wind. And if sailing vessels would go into that doldrums, they would stay there and die and, unless they received a second wind. And so I talked to leaders, we all need second winds. And my second wind back in the Great Recession came in the form of an experiential trip I took with burn victims. And it was a, a group of 40 burn victims that had burns 35 to 95% of their bodies. Hmm. And I was called to be with them for a uh, five days and camp and speak to them at night. And we did rafting and kayaking during the day. And the breakthrough point for me was the very first night after being on the river with these amazing people where I never heard any cynicism or negativity, only can do attitudes and cheering each other on. Wow. And um, I got up and my voice was kind of cracking because I go, guys, they didn't know I was in kind of a pity party, right? They didn't know I was in the doldrums at that time. And I said, I got to tell you, what you taught me out on that river was a breakthrough moment. And I want to thank you. And I've never been around burn victims. And I said the word burn victims. And a young man, Alex, raised a prosthetic limb and said, Mr. Gutzler, in all due respect, sir, we never refer to ourselves as victims. We're burn survivors. Burn survivors. And what I learned is from the moment they're in the hospital and they recognize that 35 to 95% of their body has been burned, the medical staff very strategically begins to talk to them as a survivor. Because they know if they talk to them as a victim, they may never come out of that mentality. And we have things. It could be a broken relationship. It could be a business failing. It could be a startup that went sideways and now you're restarting. It could be a podcast where you see your number. And we all have to reset around one thing. I am not a victim. I am a survivor. And when you begin, that began to change in a very dramatic way. That was my big shift because I started changing my self-talk. I changed the words that came out of my mouth. It started to affect my energy. And I know this is a speeding forward, but speed forward seven years later, I'm speaking at the largest pharmaceutical conference in the nation. The speaker before me was a NBA legend that you obviously know, Magic Johnson. The, the opening keynote speaker was John Maxwell, my personal mentor. And I was the closeout speaker. And right before I got introduced, and I heard them introduce me, I'm backstage, and I literally thought this thought, I would not be here had it not been I changed from victim to survivor. I had to change my mindset. I had to change my words and my vocabulary. So Alex, this is a subtle shift, but it sets up amazing success and what you attract into your life. It, it truly is. I mean, you're talking about changing something as simple as one word from, from calling yourself a, a victim to a survivor. It's one word. It's that three degree shift, if you will, that small change, but it makes all the difference. And I love the fact that you fast forward seven years and told us the outcome of that choice that you made. And, and you now the Creating Brand podcast, we're all about practical application. How can somebody start to, to change your inputs, your intake or your outputs even? Like, how can we start actually doing this? How have you found simple ways that we can actually begin making the shift in our own minds? 
Well, that's a great question. I think number one, you have to be intentional with the words you eliminate. I don't say I'm tired. I don't say um, I'm old. <laughs> I don't use words that send signals into my subconscious that I don't want to manifest. So every morning when I get up, I always say I'm feeling stronger and healthier each day. I just, I literally give a blessing on my, I put my hand on my chest and I say, I'm getting stronger and healthier every day. I, I don't talk about things that are impossible or difficult or problems. I reframe it. So the vocabulary is important, but I think the inputs are huge. Listening to your podcast. I mean, I'm a huge podcast fan. I can't wait to archive some of yours because when I do my 15 to 20 minutes of stretching and exercise up in my master bedroom, since we're still pretty much my gym is closed, <laughs> I listen to a podcast. So I listen to at least four podcasts every week. Wow. What I put into my mind is critical. I have to have what I call fountain inputs, not negative inputs like overdosing on, you know, the news and, and negativity. So that's, that's, uh, I would start there. I love that. Something that you talk about in the book is also replacing the words that we speak. And you talked about that just a little bit there, but you talk about replacing the words I can't with I can. And if only, and instead of saying if only saying I will, these small shifts are what make a huge difference in the long run. And I, I love the fact that you speak that over yourself every morning that you're getting stronger. I'm actually going to implement that one immediately myself. Uh, I think that's just a great way to, to start your day off right instead of turning on the TV, which right now is just very negative. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of staying informed um, and, and keeping up with, with, with what's happening. But you can do that in just a few minutes a day if you're being real. There's no reason to, to get straight out of bed and load up the negativity because that's going to be there that's me throwing at you all day from every angle. What you can do is you can get, wake up and start, get that right frame of mind immediately. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. Thank you for, uh, for kind of really honing in on this point because I think it's so important we have a practical application for it. So uh, moving right along here, I, I love also, I'm just going to jump to your third, your third shift from black and white to high definition. Can you explain what this means? Yeah, I always laugh when I, when I do my keynotes. I'll say, do any of you remember black and white televisions? And of course, your, your age and millennials and stuff they look at you funny but occasionally somebody will raise their hand and say yeah <laughs> and I, I can remember my grandparents had a black and white tv and when my wife and I Julie first got married we we had a color tv but it was very small and then we upgraded I think to a 13 inch and then a 35 inch sony and and then we got the big flat screen and uh but if you really think about the difference between a black and white t tv and hd high definition. It's night and day. And many times when I talk to leaders, I'll say, like, if I were to spend time with you, Alex, I'd say, Alex, what do you really want to accomplish in the next 12 to 24 months of absolute clarity? And a person like yourself, you're going to be pretty attuned to that. But I would keep pressing you to get even more clear. If you said, well, I want to increase my podcast, I'd say, like, to what level? Or do you want to be in the top 10%? Yeah, I actually do. What do we need to do to get you to the top 10%? And so I think you've got to get each of us in our careers, we need to not have a black and white, nondescript vision. We need absolute clarity. I remember when I wanted to be in the top 10% of my profession of, of emotional intelligence and leadership keynoting, 
I looked at not competition, but peers in that uh, space. And I realized there was a gap between where I was and where they were. And I had to close the gap. Hmm. And the way I closed the gap was I got super clear on what I needed to do. So, you know, the example we give, of course, is Michelangelo creating the Statue of David. It took him two years to find the marble slab out of which to create that beautiful masterpiece, which I've seen in Florence, Italy. Two years of hammering and chiseling, two more years of sanding and polishing, a six-year process to create a masterpiece. And when they asked Michelangelo, how did you create it? He said, I created it in my mind's eye. And then I eliminate everything that wasn't David. Wow. You've got to create things in your mind's eye and turn off anything that says you can't do it. And I mean, you got to get vivid. You got to get clear. And then you need to know it could be a six year process. <laughs> Masterpieces don't happen in six months, but if you're clear, you will get there. So, black and white HD, get clear. As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to 1-904-299-8992, I'll respond with a free invitation link. Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to 1-904-299-8992. Eight nine nine two. I'm looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. You know, you have a quote in the book that really stood out to me. I actually wrote this one down. It's vision is a clear picture of the future, which creates passion in the present. And I really like that because I think that so many of us, we, we forget to, to think ahead a little bit and plan. We can get caught up in the moment. And right now is a perfect example of that. Many people that I've talked to, including entrepreneurs, they're just kind of buckled down saying, okay, how do I continue to survive today, right? I think many of us, if you ask that question, where do you want to be in in 24 months from now? Most people are not going to have an answer. And if they do, it's not going to be very clear. How have you found that you've been able to actually form that clarity? Because obviously you had a, a big vision to become a great keynote speaker. How did you actually kind of bridge that gap? What were the practical things that you were doing? Yeah, you've you've heard the the quote, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. So what was leaving clues in my life is I was passionate about leadership. I can remember as a young boy organizing our neighborhood buddies, and I formed a football team, and we got equipment. I was like in the fourth grade, and they said, what are we doing? I said, we're going to be playing at in a league. I had no idea what league we were going to play in, but we all got, we all got equipment. I ran practices and we never pulled off a game, but at least we had, you know, a ton of fun. But I look back from my beginnings, I had a passion to lead, to influence others. Sometimes it wasn't always in a positive way. I remember there were years in my teen years where I maybe took it the wrong way, but I, I've had a passion for leadership. I remember the first time I did some teachings and speaking, I was like, I just felt so alive. And so I think part of clarity has to be connected to your giftings. Part Mm -hmm. of clarity is always connected to passions. You probably 
before you launched your podcast, listened to some kind of thought, man, I think I could do this. I, yeah. I think I'm a good interviewer. I've got a, a radio voice, you know. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You know, you got the you got the good energy and and you're like, I can see it. And that's what it is. I mean, we've got to be able to translate things. And um, so I don't know if that helps, but I, I think always always look to your passions, look to your giftings, connect your calling and purpose to life to what you feel uh, you're passionate about. That's extremely helpful. Thank you for that, Steve. I want to now jump down to your fifth shift, which is shift from activity to accomplishment. This one really spoke to me again, us being practical application people here. Um, I think that this one just really uh, sets that point home. Can you talk to us about shifting from activity to accomplishment? Mm -hmm. This was driven home to me. I have a coach. So I've got, I do executive leadership coaching. I do performance coaching, but I really believe to be a great coach, you have to receive coaching. And one of my coaches, Brian Jide, I had a tough year a few years ago and it was, it was a busy year. And I sat down with him. I go, I don't really get it, Brian. I had the busiest year of my career, but it wasn't that productive. So we did it because we're going to do a time audit next time we meet. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I want you to get your calendar systems and I want to look back at one particular month and let's just talk through what you do with your days. And I, already I was feeling uncomfortable with it, right? I mean, that's like, <laughs> right. like somebody rummaging through your closet or something. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, it's very uh, private. <laughs> but I, I, needed, I needed that critical conversation. And what we discovered, long story short, is I was only doing about 10% of my days was on what I call MVP, Most Valuable and Profitable Work. Oh, okay. MVP. Things that where I was cultivating leads. I was um, re seeking out referral follow-up. I was getting testimonials. I was setting up face-to-face. -face. Things that really drove my business. He goes, you're only doing about 10% of your days on that, Steve. And then he said something that motivated me. He said, if you're only doing 10% of your day on MVPs, I predict if you can go up to 25%, of your working day on MVPs, you can double your income in 12 to 24 months. Wow. And Alex, God is my witness. My wife isn't in my home right now. I'm upstairs in my office. Uh, but if I brought Julian here, she would say, yep, Steve doubled his income in about 12 months. Wow. From focusing on these MVPs. Vote, yeah. So the shift is get away from activities, mindless activities endless moments on social media, doing expense reports, all do, you know, uh, technical crisis, you know, all these things that consume. Figure out every day I write down three work goals and each one of them has to be a MVP. Okay. A most valuable and profitable, something that will move the business needle. Okay. My MVP today is I took my lead with no fear book and I wrote my new keynote description to be uploaded on my website that will be promoted on all of my social. That's an MVP. Yeah. Okay. Um, preparing for this podcast is an MVP. You know, it's, it's really important to, 
not I used to do a big things to do list. I just I'll maybe have a master list, but I only focus on three primary things that drive my business every day. I might do other things, but I'm going to get those three done. This is something that people have talk about a lot, but you don't see anybody actually really doing this on a regular basis. So I love that you actually had the opportunity to evaluate your calendar and determine that you're only doing 10% of what would be an MVP and, and boosting that to 25%. And now it sounds like your, your day is built around accomplishing three of those things. I think back to actually Bill Gates, and you talk about this in the book as well. At one point in his life, he needed to make room for the great by letting go of the good. He talks about how he stepped down from, from Microsoft and Berkshire as well incredible that he decided, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with both these things so I can make room for the great. And I think that that's what you've, you've done here. I will say this now uh, to kind of transition a little bit. Letting go can be hard because we feel like we're in control and we're just getting all those tasks checked off a list. And I know how entrepreneurs are. We love that checkbox and just going from check to check to check. How did you learn how to, to, to let go, if, if you will? Well, that's the phrase, let go so you can go up, right? Yeah. Uh, you got to let go so you can go up. I think there were several shifts. One is recognize. I, I made a, I've got a green light. I wish I could show it to you, but a circle that represents green lights. And then I've got a circle that's red that are red lights. I put in the red circle all of the low value activities. I'm not saying I won't ever do those, but I write down every low value activity, which would be responding to every email, expense reports, travel, uh, taking clothes to the dry cleaner. Um, I put in the green circle, and it's green lights because that represents green, go, grow, dough. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> good. That makes sense. Okay? I like that. <laughs> so the green is like, yes, yeah, Steve, do that. Don't do those. If you do them, do them later in your day. So I know referral follow-up is a huge thing. I know cultivating new leads is a big thing. I know that uh, testimonials are really significant. I know client contacts are in reach outs to my MB. I know providing value to my current MVP clients has residual effect. I know that my every Tuesday blog post that I've done for 10 years and have never missed a Tuesday is high value. I know that writing my book in 90 days in the dark of night in the five o'clock every morning to get it done, what was the compelling reason? Go, grow, dough. I mean, impact lives, right? You got to figure out the compelling reasons that drive you towards MVPs and let go of the trivial. It's worth it. Let go of the trivial. Gosh, I can, I can hear the passion in your voice, which goes back to what we're talking about. Clarity comes from passion. So, I mean, you, you knew where you needed to go, what you needed to do. You know what to put in that go pile, if you will. So, uh, Steve, I really appreciate you sharing that. And this, this time together has been just so valuable. As we bring this episode to a close, do you have any final thought that you'd like to share with us about leading without fear? Well, I want to encourage your listeners that don't underestimate a three-degree shift with your vocabulary. Don't underestimate a three-degree shift in your clarity and vision. Do not underestimate the power of a three-degree shift when it comes from shifting from activity to accomplishment. Write down your three work goals every single day. Um, and as always, man, I'm just 
a privilege. I mean, it's a it's a gift to be with you. And I know that the people that are listening to this, uh, I appreciate the gift of their time. I hope they take one of these shifts at least and apply it immediately. Steve, I appreciate your enthusiasm about being a guest. And I want to say thank you again for spending the time with us today. You added immense value through what you just shared. Thank you, Alex. My pleasure. After recording this episode, Steve and I actually continued talking for another 30 minutes. This turned into a great coaching session for me. Thank you for that, Steve. What I do appreciate is that Steve has a desire to truly help people overcome fear and lead at a higher level. This episode is such an incredible resource about leadership that I encourage you to listen to it again. Now, I have a question for you. What uncertainties have held you back from succeeding more in life and business? I know what you're thinking. Yes, it's a very deep question. I actually already shared my very transparent answer. And if you're interested in reading that and also sharing your own, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 055. If you post a comment there, I will read it and I'll also respond. You'll be able to see what I shared as well. Steve, thank you again for being a guest and help us all to lead through these times of uncertainty. To learn more about Steve Gutzler and to pick up a copy of his book, Lead With No Fear, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 055. Thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week. 